your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, we are previewing the upcoming game this evening against the Philadelphia Flyers, a game that, quite honestly, should result in a Jets win, but, you know, things always happen with the Jets, and maybe Winnipeg somehow stumbles again and maybe creates a new losing streak. I hope not, but you never know with this team. It's been a crazy season, and... Uh, you know, the Jets are underwhelming this season, so, you know, I can't really say anything is definitive. As bad as the Flyers have been, maybe the Jets find a way to uh, make it even worse. After that, I thought I would talk a little bit about a very interesting piece of discussion that came up on the Rod Peterson show, I believe it was. They were asking about Hellebuck's availability and what it might mean if they were to trade Hellebuck um, to the Edmonton Oilers. What kind of player are they getting in return? What kind of package could you expect? Yada, yada, yada. I want to take it from two different kinds of perspectives. The first is, you know, an argument in favor of trading Hellebuck and one against trading Hellebuck. And I'll tell you right off, I'm kind of against it right now. But I think that the argument in favor of trading Hellebuck is maybe a little bit stronger than people realize. Before we kick off tonight's episode, though, I just want to say thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you want to stay tuned to the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. We'll also be joining YouTube very shortly, so stay tuned for that, and I look forward to seeing y'all in person pretty soon. Subscribing is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, kicking us off with the Jets versus the Flyers, there are quite a few storylines coming into this game. Last game against the Blues, I think the Jets actually had one of their most well-rounded efforts of the season, which, you know, given the lineup, given their opponent, given that it was on the road, I I think you could be pretty pleased with that effort. There were some blemishes, especially later in the game, and the Jets did get a bit fortunate with what should have been a very clear penalty called on Pierre-Luc Dubois with the empty net pulled, but... You know, it ended up working in Winnipeg's favor, and uh, they they came out with a 4-1 victory and honestly did deserve the win. Now, where I think things get a little bit tricky going forward is if we start getting guys who are healthy back into the lineup. Part of what made the Jets really successful last game was that when you look at how they were playing and what the arrangement was, that blue line that they were using was very mobile, right? You're not looking at a, a lot of big, physical, heavy defenders beyond maybe, like, Jonathan Kovacevic. Uh, For the most part, this defense was very young. You know, you had really active puck-moving D who are great in possession, can make clean breakout passes, and have that up-ice vision that most teams really prize. I think that made a a tremendous and, and very significant difference in the way that the Jets were making their zone exits and how they were approaching their breakouts because traditionally when you've got guys like Dylan and Beaulieu, um, and to a lesser extent, Stanley, a lot of these guys aren't super mobile or agile. And, you know, Dylan might be the better skater of the bunch and can certainly have some really great moments as a stout two-way defender, but none of them are really offensive catalysts. And especially when it comes to like transition, 
I know that a lot of people think this kind of stuff is a bit overrated because you need that, that size and physicality and grit, which I think all of that can be useful, but I think the biggest thing for the Jets is just being mobile. I mean, Winnipeg's back end has lacked foot speed for a, a long time, and so the Flyers, I don't think, are going to be that much of an issue. If the Jets are rocking a super similar blue line to what they had against the Blues, I think it could work out pretty well. Um, Philadelphia hasn't really been great at creating. They're struggling to defend well. The goaltending is probably one of their few brighter spots, and even Hart can't really cover for just how bad the rest of the roster has been playing. But again, they're an NHL outfit, and you really can't take anything for granted in this league. So no, I'm curious to know how the Jets do. I think Winnipeg really does need to at least get a couple of wins to restore some morale. You know, the team, I'm I'm definitely okay with Team Tank, but, you know, watching the team constantly get smoked all the time, it's not super fun. So a couple of wins here and there isn't going to really change the team's ultimate fate. And besides, once the, the trade deadline kind of rolls around, I think we're going to see them sell off some players. But in this evening's game, I would definitely expect two points. If the Jets lose to the Flyers... That's going to be a bit of a black mark. I think, you know, Lowry has been a little bit embattled so far. Um, defensively, the Jets are a mess. And offensively, things just aren't really ideal. One of the things that I kind of wish he would get away from is constantly using that third line and also not changing the line combos constantly in the middle of a game. I get it if you want to change some of the matchup looks, but the amount that the Jets do it currently, it's getting to the point where there's no chemistry at times. And you need to let some of these units stay together consistently because, you know, having Perfetti with Dubois and Connor on all of those shifts, rather than putting him with Lowry randomly or something like that for like a defensive shift, you're, you're taking away minutes from like the best line on the team and instead allocating it to a unit that doesn't really need the extra ice time and that Perfetti's not going to add that much value to. Cole can definitely be a great defender in his own right. I think his ability to steal pucks and um, his work ethic on the back check is really good, and he can force turnovers. I mean, he does it a lot, but again, you're taking away shifts where he can be more offensively productive, which, given that the Jets are struggling to score goals right now, I think would be the thing you prioritize. You can kind of see those stranger uh, offensive philosophies pop up here and there. Again, against the Flyers, I, I don't think it's going to matter. But, you know, I would rather them start to set up some longer-term trends that are good and healthy for the team, you know, against all opponents, no matter whether the it's, you know, it's the Flyers or the Blues or another team. Get those good habits going now while you still can. I, I think the Jets just really need some kind of an uplift because Winnipeg right now is really struggling. Even beating the Blues probably won't be enough to start this whole great trend. As good as the Jets were over the weekend, I, I just don't see it lasting right now, and there are so many moving parts to this team that I think still have to be evaluated. You know, and one of those things is going to be Connor Hellebuck, and actually, there was a podcast, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, the Rod Peterson Show, talking about what would happen if the Oilers tried to trade for Hellebuck. And I've, I've given it some thought. I've had some conversations with folks on Twitter. You know, we're not necessarily experts, but we've seen enough stuff historically to get a sense of what a trade of Hellebuck might look like. And I'll talk about two scenarios, why I think this could happen and why I would personally be against it happening as well. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. But before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one destination for all of your online betting needs during all of the NFL playoffs. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. 
From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vezina trophy? Log into BetOnline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to also make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories from around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe today. We are continuing our discussion of the Jets right now, and uh, of course, because there aren't that many games this week, in fact, it's just one until February 8th, thanks Jets, um... I thought it would be interesting to talk about some of the discussion that's cropping up around this team because we're approaching the trade deadline and a lot of moving parts are kind of in motion for the Jets. I think Winnipeg has kind of realized, at least to some degree, this team is not really good enough to make the playoffs. Um, If they still think they can, I've got some questions. But, you know, Rod Peterson's show uh, often has some very hot takes. I'm sure a lot of people have very mixed feelings on that. But he came up with an interesting question about trading for Connor Hellebuck if you're the Oilers. And from my perspective, I think that this would actually be a pretty insane trade. I don't really see it as all that likely. But there's also an argument where it's not as crazy as it sounds. So thinking about it from trading Hellebuck, you know, what would be in favor of it? Well, for the Jets, I I think Hellebuck has been a steadfast member of this team and obviously the MVP for a couple of years now. Uh, This year, he's not really at that level, but in previous seasons, he was indisputably this team's most valuable player and and really carried the team on his back on multiple occasions, enough to get the Jets to a couple of playoff runs that they really shouldn't have had. They were, well, they were just terrible for a couple of seasons, uh, especially the past few, and Hellebuck really covered for a lot of that. So, Obviously, he got a Vezina trophy out of it. He's been a Vezina finalist uh, another year. But, you know, what do you do with a guy who's 28, doesn't have a lot of contract term left, and might be part of a core that is on the verge of needing to be changed out? I think that's a really difficult question. And, you know, Hellebuck, he he is still really good. But if he starts to decline, right... Say you've got maybe two or three years left of high-end elite performance, and then he starts getting into his early 30s and his game falls off, you're looking at a really tough decision because you probably don't want to re-sign him long-term, but you also can't afford not to. I always see people talking about not re-signing free agents, which I, I think in principle makes a lot of sense. But oftentimes, if you're dealing with a position like goaltending where you know, a good goalie can basically steal you a cup if they're really on a hot streak. That can get a little bit dicier. You're looking for those consistent franchise netminders that just don't really pop up on the market ever. And if you're the Jets and you've already got one, do you want to commit to him long term? And with Hellebuck, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit mixed on it because on the one hand, I very much do. 
I think he is the guy that if you're going to pick one goalie to ride or die with, Hellebuck is probably the man to do it. But if you're thinking that there is a change that needs to happen and Hellebuck is going to age out soon and they're looking at his aging curves and thinking his performance can't be sustainable at this level, then maybe there's more incentive to start exploring the trade market. Now, Edmonton has a pretty good wealth of assets. I, you know, for me, I, I would say the trade needs to start with Dreisaitl. And it's not going to be like a one-for-one -one trade at all. Of course, that, that would be ridiculous. Um, the Jets would have to be adding a, a significant package together. But if you got like Hellebuck, Heinola, uh, a pick or two, and you started talking about that as maybe being a package for somebody like Dreisaitl, would Edmonton be willing to listen? You know, Dreisaitl's unhappy. He's still like an amazingly elite offensive player, but... You've got a guy who's not pleased with the team. He's not pleased with the locker room, I think. Uh, you know, he's, he's he's certainly still in his prime years, but, you know, he is also, like, what, 26, 27? This is kind of where you're starting to get closer towards the end of those best years, years of his career, and you need, you need something a little bit more with that cap space because Edmonton has so many holes to fill. So if you're the Oilers and you're looking at Hellebuck, which would solve one of their biggest needs uh, now and for the foreseeable future, while you still got uh, Connor McDavid running, you know, at, at full strength, do you think about doing it? Now, uh, from the Oilers' perspective, I don't know if this actually would make all that much sense. I feel like losing Dreisaitl takes away one of their most prolific offensive talents. So they would probably look to to give like a first and a prospect or two maybe offering a lower-end player like, I don't know, um, I don't even know who you could try and throw in here. Yamamoto maybe, something like that. I don't know if that's what they would be looking for. Uh, I can't imagine that Dreisaitl is really on the block unless an offer that just completely blows their socks off comes through. But if Ken Holland ends up getting suckered into something and starts chasing ghosts looking for a deal to fix the team you might be able to get something a lot bigger than you expected. I don't know. I don't know how GMs think. They often make really weird decisions. They value things that I'm not sure I would put as highly on the market, but, you know, I'm not really in that position to say much more than that other than I I can't understand their decision-making at times. So maybe there's a, a decent fit there. I, I think that there is an argument for it, but in just a little bit, I'm going to explore why I feel like it's actually not that likely, and I don't think it makes a lot of sense for the Jets right now, unless some things start changing, and, you know, personally, why I'd be against the move. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why rockauto.com should be your number one choice for all of your auto part needs. Before we go any further, I thought you should hear about why rockauto.com is the best place to buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are wrapping up tonight's episode with some discussions on the Jets and to trade or not to trade Hellebuck. I know it's not the most glamorous topic, but of course it did make the rounds on Jets Twitter today because the Rod Peterson show talked about it. I gave some thoughts on why I think the Jets could pursue something like this, but ultimately I don't really think it actually makes all that much sense for both parties involved. What the Oilers would be willing to give up and what the Jets would be asking for in terms of a Hellebuck swap, uh, you know, these are probably misaligned things. And honestly, I just don't really know if trading Hellebuck makes a lot of sense when the team might not be nearly as far off from being a playoff-ready squad as it, it looks right now. I'll be honest, the team is in pretty dire straits at the moment, but I, I think if you get a real coach who's got some veteran NHL experience and bring some really fresh ideas, or at least somebody who's shown more progressive tendencies and maybe has an ability to make a team that doesn't have nearly as much talent look pretty good, you know, the Jets might actually be in a decent position to be competitive and could still use Hellebuck in the present. So I, I, I think for me, Hellebuck being traded would signal a sign of much bigger changes with this team, and I don't know if the Jets are really in full tear down mode. I probably wouldn't go that far yet. I think that this team could definitely sell some pieces that it doesn't need, but, you know, you, you move out Stastny, you move out Cop, maybe Brendan Dillon, you fill in some rookies, you've still on paper got a pretty NHL-caliber roster that just really needs the leadership. Now, things would change if they move Mark Shifley. If they do that, then basically no one on this team would be safe. Now, I don't think Shifley is really on the block, but if you ask me, I, I, I feel like he's just not happy these days, and he hasn't been happy with this team for a couple of years now. I could be totally mistaken. Maybe it's just the appearance of things, and he's actually thriving and happy and doing well. But the way that he plays, the body language during press conferences, you know, the occasionally terse answers... Um, and the, the poor defensive efforts out there on the ice, it just doesn't really seem like Shifley is as with it as he used to be. You know, a couple of years ago, I thought that guy would basically take a bullet for the Jets. These days, I, I don't know if he really would feel that strongly about it. So if he wants greener pastures and the Jets want to make a change, moving Shifley would be the start of probably a, a fuller-scale rebuild, and Hellebuck would also probably be part of that whole situation. I think Kelly is really great, and I would be very upset to see him go, but, you know, it's also one of those situations where, you know, goalies are always very volatile year over year, and thinking about the Jets long term, they don't exactly have a, a huge pipeline of NHL caliber goalies just waiting to take the job, but, you know, thus far they've scouted pretty decently, and they've got some younger prospects who might be willing to step in until they could get, like, a reliable starter somewhere. Uh, but, you know, for me, just trading Hellebuck, I have a lot of thoughts about it maybe not being, you know, in Winnipeg's best interest. It'd have to be a big whopper of an offer to really, for me, want to make that move. Because, again, you're signaling that you're ready to tear it down, and I just, I think that there's something still for this team to give before the Jets kind of throw in the towel and start over. Maybe I'm mistaken, maybe this team is only as good as what we're seeing now, or even if we get a newer coach, it's not going to be that much of an improvement, but I, I just, 
I feel like I'd be giving up too soon on this squad, and maybe that's my mistake. Maybe my fan blinders are on, but I still think the Jets can give us something, and they're only going to be able to do that if they've got Hellebuck in net. Anyone else, and I think this team would be in, in serious trouble, but Hellebuck just gives you so much more confidence, and you know you can trust in what he does. He might have some stinkers here and there, and honestly, he does need more of a rest, but for the most part, Hellebuck has been one of our most valuable players. He continues to elevate the uh, the status of the team because he just seemingly saves everything between here and the sun when he's at his best. And, you know, this Jets squad, this core, is still talented enough to make a run. I don't know if they're actually going to do it, and I, I don't have a lot of faith in the front office, but I suppose a small portion of me naively wants to still believe the Jets can do something really cool over the next couple of seasons. That's just the fan in me talking. I'd be curious to know what you think. Maybe you are a little bit more jaded than I am, or maybe you are kind of in the same boat. Maybe you have a totally different thought. Let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Uh, on tomorrow's episode, we'll have some thoughts on the Flyers game, and then later in the week, we might do a little bit more analysis of Winnipeg's future and some of the players on it. You know, Mark Shifley, I think, is probably one of the biggest ones that's starting to come up more frequently. You know, would anyone else be on the chopping block? What would it look like to trade some of our bigger stars? And should the Jets even think about doing it? For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do it. Uh, as always, thank you for making Lockdown Jets the first listen of your day every day. Don't forget to make Lockdown Bets your second listen of the day, Lockdown Bets, your number one source for the best betting advice on the podcast market. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to do so right now. And as always, thank you for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!